Could you start by introducing yourself? Uh, Dave McBride's lawyer. So the SAS has been in the news in the last 24 hours with the report release of the Brereton report and a lot of concern about the findings of the report. But one thing, I guess, that hasn't been so much in the public's eye is the fact that uh, there is an ongoing legal case about an SAS whistleblower, David McBride. Is this something that should be gaining more coverage than it has? Oh, it's getting a bit. I mean, people are understanding it now. We, we can't shout from the rooftop side. He's, in, he's actually in a criminal proceeding. I think the points will be very well made over the coming days. I mean, the parallel treatment of David McBride is stark. On the, at the very time they're doing a release of this nature, the revelation that it's making, and, of course, you know, crying some tears or, or, or you know, suggesting their support for the you know, the brave whistleblowers. At the same time, David McBride, for revealing essentially the same material, which was the Afghan files that the ABC uh, published, uh, is facing life in prison. And uh, that's at a trial that begins uh, at the moment in May next year. Now, a lot has changed in the last year or two. When they arrested him in 2017, there was complete secrecy over about, about Australia's behaviour in Afghanistan. They thought they were on a winner, shutting this guy down. But a lot has happened in the last couple of years, not the least of which was the Afghan files. And I think the political uh, mood has very ra- rapidly shifted and, of course, uh, totally did a backflip uh, yesterday with the stunning um, report of justice. Mm. So I don't want to be too pushy or too presumptive about what's going to happen next, but 2020 is a very different climate to 2017 when this wheels of prosecution were put in, into place by McBride. I'm confident if uh, they were making a decision today, would they charge McBride? I don't think they would. Um, but anyway, we're dealing with one that was started several years ago, and it won't stop. I mean, it, it won't stop. Uh, I can say from experience... Uh, things don't get stopped easily. Now, if there's a, a political will, if there's a, a, a movement, if you if you wish, and uh, and government figures see it, uh, the stark contrast of how he's been treated. Um, I hope that uh, some act of generosity is 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 made. The Brereton report and Defence Force Chief Angus Campbell and Prime Minister Scott Morrison have all been very remorseful, said that there's changes that need to be made and that there's a problem. If they really want to um, make right some of these wrongs, do you think that dropping the case against David McBride is a step that needs to be taken? Well, I would obviously I would applaud it if, if they did. Can I, can I give a bit of brief applause, though, actually, for the Brereton report itself? and at the very least, the manner in which it's being received by the government. I mean, this is an extraordinary report, and, and, and Justice Brereton has written in um, unusually frank terms. You know, we've seen reports before that remain essentially ambiguous. So, you know, and they don't, don't wish to draw conclusions, and, you know, they use sort of vague terminology. Um, that hasn't happened with Justice Brereton. It's... Utterly extraordinary, this report. Now, in my view, it totally vindicates David McBride. Um, but I'm his lawyer. Uh, 
not my call. Um, and it's only a day after this report has come out. I, I hope that uh, um, you know senior figures, defence themselves, see the stark contradiction between their their response to the report and the ongoing prosecution of David But it seems obvious to me, but uh, um, it's not that's not my call. But overall, I'm pretty impressed. This report came out. If it hadn't come out, this is the more uh, stark reality. If it hadn't come out, um, McBride and, and people like him, brave whistleblowers who, who, who take a, a moral stance, would continue to be you know put through the uh, uh, the meat grinder. That's what's been happening in Australia in recent years. You look at McBride, you look at Bernard Caleri, Witness K. None of these guys are terrorists. That's for sure, right? That's what we created, this type of legislation, this national security legislation. These are all men, and in the three instances I've used are men, um, who uh, are of the greatest um, um, honour. You know, they've all served their country in one way or the other and, and reached a, an ethical impasse which they felt they were compelled uh, to reveal certain information. Now, in a year ago and by, uh, they might have not been welcomed by the government, but they certainly would have been prosecuted, and generally they would have felt the applause of the community. They're now being treated as if they're, you know, Al-Qaeda bombers. Um, I think that we've over-armed we've over the prosecutorial wings of our government and uh, they're, they're going in search of um, targets. Now, there's, an old, there's an old expression, if you build a you build a hammer, it goes looking for nails. That's its job. Mm. Um, if our listeners are concerned about the prosecution of whistleblowers like David McBride and want to stay informed or offer support in some way, how can they do that? Well, we run a lot on our website, Xenophon Davis. We, we, we run that and we run it through our uh, Twitter feed, Xenophon Davis. There is a GoFundMe page, and, and that's how David's funding his own defence, purely on, the, on, the, on public donations. Um, the legal team we're assembling are all doing it for very little money, but you still need money to run um, Supreme Court trials. Um, so it's the public that have kept uh, McBride uh, afloat. And, uh, you know... Yes, please, uh, please go to go, go for his GoFundMe page and come to our page for general updates. Okay, thanks so much, Mark.